Welcome to the Halloween Unleashed Podcast. And now, here are your hosts for the week. Welcome everyone to Halloween Unleashed. I am your host, Chris Morgan. And uh, last week, uh, obviously we had a little impromptu episode. Uh, numbers did extremely well. Um, I hope every this episode finds everybody safe and happy and healthy. Um, I said at the closing of last week's episode, and, and if you guys haven't picked up, I'm just diving right in here. Um, so please follow along. Um, I said at the conclusion of last week, I really don't know what we're going to talk about next week. I'll, I'll figure something out since we were going a different direction from uh, some of those throwback episodes. And, um, I figured, you know, in the last, I mean, we had the live episode with Marianne, then, um, you know, there's been a little, a little teasing going on, uh, through social media with the, a project that she and I announced, um, on her live episode, which is the curse of Halloween sequel to Halloween six taking place. 25, 30, 35 years into the future, um, after the events of Halloween six, um, which would ultimately tie six through eight together as well. Uh, I can't get into the particulars on that, but I've gotten a lot of messages about this project and I want to make some things extremely clear, um, that, Yes, we are actively, um, and I, I, I say development because I mean, nothing has been developed. Nothing has been, no plans have been pushed forward and, you know, no firm dates, no quote unquote agreements have been signed. It, you know, essentially it's an idea that we're both interested in. Um, Adrian Hackenberg, want to throw his name out there, came up with a beautiful visual, of the of the H6 Myers house completely aged uh, with some fall leaves you know I threw out a little teaser just to kind of honor that um, you know and don't get me wrong I mean the creative juices are flowing uh, right now but I've said this on multiple occasions um, that a lot of things have have to take place before we can even get serious about even saying this is greenlit or even into pre-production and ultimately production and post-production and then release to all of you because essentially an unofficial film is really it's called a fan film but whenever you get into making fan films there are you know it's not it, it it's not your property to make those films so therefore it's really hard to raise funds to fund those projects. So, you know, before we could even remotely move in that direction, first and foremost, um, I'm going to be reaching out this week to, um, to some of the license holders and powers that be and just figure out what parameters I need to operate on so that, you know, I'm not stepping on their toes and pissing them off and, 
I'm able to proceed with what we both want to do uh, and ultimately what the fan base ultimately wants us to do. And that's put out a, a fun little um, what if film follow-up sequel to Halloween 6 that ties the original timeline together um, with the 6, 7, and 8 because, I mean, they start, they essentially had two timelines, three if you count Halloween 3, but essentially two timelines in the Myers uh, storyline. You, you know, you had Halloween's 1, 2, 4, 5, and 6. Then you had Halloween 1, 2, 7, and 8. So, I mean, essentially you had two timelines there. Uh, H2O initially in the early drafts was going to tie all of those, um, all of that together so that it was connected. Um, and then they went away from it. You know, I've heard rumors that producers just wanted to look at that and say, let's just start over with the original mythology and ignore. Um, I heard that Jamie Lee Curtis had a say in it. I, I don't know what the case was. I wasn't there, obviously. But you know, for all intents and purposes, Halloween 6 or 4, 5, and 6 got erased from the 7 and 8, 7 and 8 mythology and nobody has been able to come up with a conceivable way to tie them together. I'm not saying mine will be 100% perfect, but I'm going to attempt to do that. Um, and, you know, I have attempted to do that in uh, my script writing. So... Um, and then the idea is to bring the bring the characters back from six uh, to carry on uh, a continuation follow-up sequel to that particular film as if there was a Halloween 7. And this would technically be Halloween 9 if we're looking at the timeline of we're connecting 6, 7, and 8. And this would technically be part 9. Uh, but... Um, Again, a lot has to take place. I mean, from a from a legal standpoint, I want to get permission. I want to do this right because this isn't Uncle Harry's fan film that I'm just taking a camcorder out or my uh, iPhone out or just a simple DSLR out and doing something on the weekends. You know, this would essentially need, you know, to do it correctly and to do it to where it doesn't look like every fan film on YouTube, it would need to be done correctly. You know, permits would have to be pulled. Um, insurance would have to be pulled. Contracts would have to be in place. There would have to be some union stuff involved. Um, there would have to be then some union stuff involved with the crew. So there's a lot that goes into making a film. And anytime you're going to go and you're going to invest the time, the money, and the creative energy that goes into making these these films for everyone's entertainment, a lot of things have to have to gel. They have to line up, and ultimately, you want to be able to get those costs back. And fan films, for the most part, I'm not saying that you know this is across the board, but for the most part, fan films have been looked have been looked looked at as disposable money. And you're just tossing money down the toilet. Um, there has been some, um, and I don't have it off the top of my head, but in, during my research, um, I know that there has been some fan films out there that has linked up with studios and they've been able to 
make something work. Uh, that's what I'm hoping this will turn into. And realistically, we're still in the middle of, you know, whether you believe or you don't believe in what's going on with the coronavirus, um, it is very real. Um, I have a friend close to me that test, tested positive last week. Um, he lives five minutes from me. Um, thank goodness I haven't been around him. So um, I know family members, friends that have tested positive for COVID. So it is very real. So we're still practicing that safe distance, don't know how to operate within uh, close proximities. And when you're talking about a film set, you know, you're talking 40, 50 people, you know, in very close proximity, touching a lot of equipment, spreading a lot of germs. Um, it's just not the the most uh, sanitary of places to be. So um, that would certainly have to like this would have to be a situation where I don't want to say COVID is eradicated, but until we know how to operate within the means. I mean, we can't even keep sports going for crying out loud for long periods of time. There are multi-million dollar productions on halt until they know what the ramifications and how we're going to operate within the means of hopefully the, not a new way of living, but just, you know, until this thing gets really under control, we're all kind of at a standstill not knowing what to do. Um, for those of you that go to conventions, horror conventions, or megacons, or uh, any type of convention, the convention scene is completely on lockdown until next year. There's a lot of virtual conventions, but it's not the same. You know, there's a lot of smaller conventions that are doing little things here and there, um, but there's a lot of restrictions on those. You know, so it's not like it was a few years back where we could just come and go as we pleased. And if that would be the case, I think that we would probably have a lot better answers. So until I can get a good handle on what we're looking at, what we're dealing with in our, in our world, as far as this virus is concerned, I think even reaching out to figure out what, uh, what, what a legal situation looks like for us getting permission to move forward with this would be uh, putting the cart before the horse at this point. And because let's say, for instance, they're under the mindset of, hey, no production's going on, so we're just going to say no to everything. Their response may be different now compared to six months from now or a year from now or whatever that looks like. So I'm going to do the best I possibly can to uh, set this project up for success if it's, if it's going to move forward. Um, but realistically, I mean, we would have to then move into pre-production. I mean, we would look at a, about a year of pre-production, getting things completely um, – ironclad across the board so that once again that it's done correctly and it's not looked at like uncle harry's fan film um that he shot on a camcorder i want this thing to look feel and behave like a theatrical release that you would go to the theater and watch that would be my my goal and while h35 was uh, a lot of people have praised it 
for its cinematography and for the way it was shot and etc. There's still a lot of fan film esque qualities to that film, um, and I would want to eradicate those uh, those elements and move this thing up into a low budget independent feature. Um, so a lot's going to have to take place. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm super excited that people are even excited about the prospect of this. I am super pumped about it. Um, I know Marianne is pumped about it. Um, but if we don't slow down and pump the brakes, this thing's going to get out of control and it could all blow up in all of our faces before it ever gets off the ground. And, you know, I know I didn't help that cause by putting out little teasers, but I like to share, man. And it was, it was just kind of cool to see that house all aged up and, and, uh, and to truth be told, Adrian did an amazing job because that was a Google image. Um, like the original picture was the way the house looked today and it was pristine. It was clean. It was, it was in perfect shape. Like the, like the hedges were all, you know, cut perfectly, you know, everything was pruned and, you know, there was new driveways put in new, new gardening. Um, and it looks like new windows and everything was put on this house. So for him to age it the way he did and make it look like it has been vacant and just unkept for over 30 years, um, kudos to him on that. And I was super excited. And then when he added in, um, the leaves flowing through and I'm like, I got to do something fun with this real fast, you know, because obviously there isn't a film to be had. So, um, and I'm excited about the script, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about the script and typically, um, I don't get excited about things that I write until other people get excited. Um, I know the thought process that I went into with it. I wrote the script in 10 days and then Aaron and Bass and I, we, we sat back and we just kind of produced it a little bit scene by scene and tightened it up before I ever sent it over to Marianne and then to have her blessing. Um, and then to have a couple of my very, very, very close friends that are going to be involved in the production, read it and say, this is an A plus. I can't believe you wrote this in 10 days. This is great. This pays homage or or some people say homage to the original John Carpenter way of building, building a script and building a story and building that, that, uh, that snowball effect. And then when it finally all comes crashing down and it hurts inside now that's, I'm, I'm not a Hulk Hogan song, but when it all comes crashing down and you know, all hell breaks loose in the script, it's exactly what the original two Halloween films accomplished while also giving a lot of the uh, lore and the original vision that Dan Farrens had for the original Halloween 6 draft that he talked about and that we've talked about and that Marianne talked about on, on, on her episodes. So to have a script like this and for people to be excited about it, that have read it, that want to see it get made, nobody wants to see it get made more than me, guys. Uh, let's be honest there. It, it's, it was my creation. It was my writing. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited from a Halloween fan, but again, I want to do it right from a legal standpoint. I want to make sure 
that I'm not stepping on anyone's toes, that this thing is not going to uh, just blow up in our face, and that you, the Halloween fans, don't have a carrot dangled in front of you and then it's ripped away. And then uh, my reputation and other people's reputations that are involved are going to look silly. So from this point, I'm going to go dark on the on, on the Curse of Halloween talk. Um, and I want to make sure that this thing is handled with the utmost care and respect it deserves so that it does have a chance to get made. Does it have a huge chance to not get made? Absolutely. For, for everything that I mentioned, um, this film will not be free to make. So where's that money coming from? And if there's a crowdfunding, am I stepping on toes legally? I don't know. Those are all things that I have to get permissions um, from the studios on that, that hold the, 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 the rights and the licenses to this franchise. So I want to do it correctly. And I just want to make sure everything is above board. But that's all I got today on the Curse of Halloween. Um, you won't hear anything else about it until there is news to be had. Um, until hopefully that we're in pre-production on it. But anyway, thanks for listening. And uh, do not forget to tune in Sunday night at 9 o'clock. Where Corey Jones and I return to Mass Talk Radio for a live episode. The event is up in... Um, the Halloween Unleashed group. I'm going to add it to the Halloween Unleashed page here in just a little while, the official page. And um, make sure you RSVP. And uh, the link is right there on the main page. Go into the event section. If you don't see it, go into the event section and it's right there. Uh, you can't miss it. It's the only event that's scheduled at this point. Um, I've also, before I get out of here, I did have a couple people ask me about the, about the, uh, the Halloween six reunion watch along that we talked about as well. That's still very much, um, in the plans, but, uh, we're still working out details on how that's going to be handled as well so that we don't piss off studios and get in trouble. So, uh, once again, um, a lot of things up in the air, a lot of exciting things too going on. Um, but I want, I hope everybody is safe. I hope everybody's healthy and I hope that this message and this podcast finds you well. And, uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to covering episodes with Aaron here real soon, but don't miss Corey Jones and I Sunday night for mass talk radio on a Halloween unleashed live episode. Uh, you guys have a great week and we will talk with you soon. Thanks for listening to Halloween unleashed. Be sure to download, rate, and subscribe anywhere you download your podcasts. From Apple, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And then join our social media channels at our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash groups slash Halloween Unleashed. On Instagram at Halloween Unleashed. And on Twitter at HWeen Unleashed. Be sure to share our episodes in your horror groups on your timeline and on Instagram. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Halloween Unleashed.